and welcome to the Big Happy Life podcast. I'm Natalie Britt and I'm a habit and mindset coach. And this podcast is all about the habits and mindset it takes to live your big life with all of the roles that you play and all of the demands you have on you in such a way that you actually enjoy it because you feel in control, you have everything you need inside you to weather the tough stuff when it comes. And while all of that's going on, you can be a great role model for your kids. I chose those goals rather selfishly because they're my goals, but then habit and mindset is something that I've had to focus on a lot in my life and continue to have to focus on. And what I found with myself and with my clients in terms of mindset is that habits around food, alcohol, and lifestyle make such a massive difference to how our emotions play out and what life actually feels like, regardless of what's happening around us. When I first started looking into my own mental health and trying to find why I just kept feeling like I was being thrown around by my emotions, I was up one day and down the next, fine one minute and anxious the next, really grumpy for no reason or unable to let stuff go, like the smallest little things that I would stew over for hours. And when I started to try and break those patterns, what fascinated me was that all roads seemed to lead to the gut. Since discovering that, I've made a lot of positive changes to my habits in terms of food, drink, lifestyle, and I've seen some great improvements, but there's still a lot that doesn't feel brilliant. And so I found myself wondering, how good is it actually possible to feel? So I started this podcast series in an effort to ask people in the know, about their answers to that question. And somebody who is perfectly placed to talk to us about that is Hannah Richards, who is the owner of The Gut Clinic and author of the fascinating and brilliant book, The Best Possible You. I loved talking to Hannah because, first of all, she's really, really informative and knowledgeable. And secondly, she's so comfortable talking about all things gut-related. So in this episode, we go all the way from the food you put in to the poo that comes out the other side and everything in between. This episode is so chock-full of great information. You may even want a pen and paper handy. Here's our conversation. start by asking you how and why the gut became your thing? Um, yeah, good question. I, I guess it stemmed from when I, when I first got into nutrition, I found it quite um, this for that and that for this, sort of a similar approach to the way that medicine works. You know, I've, I've got a problem with my skin, take this take this drug, I've got a problem with my stomach, uh, let's stop the acid, take this drug, I've got a problem with constipation, let's take this drug. And, and I think that um, I, I sort of found nutrition a little bit like that. And I got into some, luckily found some very um, incredible, incredibly knowledgeable practitioners to study from, the likes of Reed Davis, the likes of um, Sherry Dixon, Emma Lane, Paul Check. Bill Wilcox and they were in a very functional med they're, they're all functional medicine practitioners looking at ooh, the etiology of the issue and all the other aspects that could um, be part of the the symptom that arises that the person only notices so lots of people only notice one thing they don't notice all the other things that actually have happened before the symptom arises. Symptoms, by the time symptoms arise, you're, you could be 10 years down the line of a disease state in the body. So symptoms are some of the worst things to notice because they breeded for a long time. They don't just turn up one day, which I think is the common uh, opinion of most people. Uh, it just happened. A lot of emotional stuff's happened underneath that as well. And so by... I got into the nutrition by being, you know, wildly interested and inspired by these practitioners. Um, and I guess the gut was interesting because it covered, it just covered all of health for me. It's such a long, windy road that looks at the emotional state of a person as, as, as well as the digesting of life and of food and, and incorporates a huge 360 degree way of looking at health. 
Um, and yes, I guess I was inspired hugely by Emma Lane, who I learned a lot from and did a lot of her courses. And she was um, big into the gut, you know, way back when people didn't realize the gut existed. Yeah. <laughs> Which is odd, isn't it? You know, it's like coconut oil. We all go crazy, but people have been using it for centuries. And now everyone's wants, they put the gut in, in food bars, in, in juices. It's like as vogue as gluten free. Um, like they found something um, that's been buried for years. So uh, I, I think there's a huge depth to the gut that um, is really, really, really interesting. And um, I like the emotional side of it. Um, and I'm a huge believer in that even though I look at a lot of people's lifestyle habits and the food they eat and the source of the food and the quality of the food and when they eat and who they eat with and how they eat it and all those things, all the mechanical and the physical nutritional side of things, you can't take away the fact that the emotional uh, sort of CV of the person is actually the at the etiology of most people's gut issues, um, and 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 that's why I find it fascinating. I suppose that was, in fact, that was one of the key reasons I wanted to talk to you because <laughs> when I started my journey in trying to kind of balance my mental health, stabilize my moods, and just feel like I actually had some control over my emotions. Um, rather than being thrown around by them all over the place without feeling like I really understood what the hell was going on, all roads lead me back to the gut. And mm -hmm. that surprised me because it had never occurred to me, you know, the, the glass of wine that I wanted at the end of the day or the bar of chocolate that I wanted that was supposed to make me feel better would ultimately exacerbate the issues that I was experiencing or that any of the, the ways that I was living or the things that I was eating could have any impact on how I felt or how I thought. Um, but the cyclical nature of those things, like how you think determines so much about how you eat and what you choose, but those things also determine how you think. And so it's like the minute you make a single improvement, you're going to see improvements in both areas. Um, and so, yeah, a friend of mine recommended your book to me, which I have absolutely loved and I'm in my mm -hmm. second, second reading of. Um, so what I wanted to ask you was you talk in the book about the four bodies. Um, mm. Can you tell us, first of all, a little bit about the four bodies, but can you also talk a little bit about how you came to realize that those things were all important and that they played equal part? Yeah, sure. I mean, so you've got the emotional body, the nutritional body, physical body and mental body. And I guess it's it's about looking at, you know, it comes from looking at the body with a telescope or, or looking through a magnifying glass. And if you only look, you know, if you say my my knee hurts and you have you, you go into the knee with keyhole surgery and you fix the knee, what you don't fix is the reason that the knee and the ACL and the, all the ligaments in the knee got stressed out in the first place. You don't look into all the other roads that came from a stressed uh, set of uh, joint. Um, and when you look at certain things in the body, they've all got different, you know, like I said, the four different bodies. So every organ in the body is is fed by a nerve which stems from the vertebrae. So, we're, so all, all organs, the whole visceral system, is married with the physical body. So, you know, when your, your shoulders hurt, whether it's your left or your right, you're looking at the liver or your heart, most people don't look at the, the viscerosomatic pain patterns because they're not aware that they exist. So if you're only looking at an organ system, if you're only looking at an injury, then you're looking one dimensionally at the body and you're almost doing that body a disservice. The body is an organic um, machine, you know, it's designed to heal and therefore you cannot take away all those different bodies that have got you to a place where a symptom has arisen, disease has set in or illness is apparent. Um, so you talk about the physical body and yes, we talk about the musculoskeletal system or, you know, maybe an injury that we've had, but how did the injury start, you know, and then you're looking at the emotional makeup of the body. Are they, they are 
in an addictive state? Are they over-exercising? Why are they over-exercising? Where are they unfulfilled? And then depending where that that pain is it's going to be linked to an organ so you're looking at the nutritional body often people's um, pain is taken away when they address their diet you know when they when they address the diet the tendons the ligaments learn how to behave more because it's all about tissue makeup so yeah it's the four bodies are integral to to healing to a to a holistic intuitive healing uh, program mm. um and and a lot of people will fix by not doing that but um if you've certainly been in physio for five years then someone's not looking three-dimensionally at, at where you need the help because there's so you know you can mechanically screen it, a problem and once it's been mechanically screened there is no mechanical issue there so that's when you go to the nerve feeds and look at the viscerosomatic pain patterns um so so before we go any further viscerosomatic pain patterns so the so the organ system is um the visceral system so all the organs in the body so if you think about your vertebrae we've got different sections of the vertebrae and they all feed to the organs so um that that that's the pain pattern um that's the viscerosomatic pain patterns Okay, so you can follow those. You can follow them, exactly. So every organ is connected with a bit of the vertebrae. So that's why when, um, you know, certain certain parts of your body hurt, you can direct them back to the organ that feeds them from the vertebrae. Okay. Um, and that's when, that's what I have found the physical body and the nutritional body suddenly to come together um, in a much more comprehensive way. You know, when you look at the digestive system, well, if you, I mean, if you think about the organs, they're all, they're all, they're a bit compacted, aren't they? Like, you know, but but they're not flat packed, you know, they're not an Ikea sofa. They (laughs) live three dimensionally in the body. They, they're like, you know, hanging baubles on a tree. They all have their, you know, the, the liver is attached by three ligaments. It hangs in a space. It has its metaphysical space in the body. Now, if you end up being in a very kyphotic posture, um, which means that your uh, thoracic back uh, is curved, and if you curve your shoulders in, suddenly your head, which weighs a stone, comes forward, you compress your lungs and your rib cage, and then for, therefore you're compressing your diaphragm, which is the seat of all emotions, and then you've compressed your entire digestive system. So then you sit all day and you can suddenly see how all your organ system isn't getting a workout. It's getting, there's a stagnicity within the body because it's all, it doesn't have enough room to move. And if you look at the bone structure of your body, there's not, and all the organs that you do have, which is quite a lot, there's a small space for them all to be sort of happily cohabiting together. So if you sit there now, put your two feet on the floor and suddenly lift your sternum, you've suddenly created, you know, your abs are now working, aren't they? Your abdominals are now working. Your ribs have expanded, your diaphragm is lifted, and you can probably, your belly is moving in and out. So even just by the way that we hold our bodies physically, the way that we sit, that we stand... We are on a daily basis affecting the way that our organ, whether our organs are going to be in a in a uh, a happy state or not. And when they're not in a happy state and they're compressed, you know, you're more like you're you're more prone to injury, scar tissue, things like that. And then you've got, um, you know, then that manifests itself all the way around the body. So just from sitting in your posture, which is one of the most important things to do for digestive health, you know, forget fiber bars. You know, how are you sitting every day to create in a space where you you are not creating acid reflux? You're not creating a tightness in sphincters and the small intestines and compression. Um, These are the really important things when it comes to digestive health and and not whether you're um, taking probiotics or not, for sure. Wow. That's fascinating. So, okay, as you know, this 
episode is part of a series which is all in aid of answering the question, how good is it possible to feel? Mm, Yeah. And what I'm curious to know is in your book, I think I've I've marked it out actually, Mm. um, you said there are a few simple prerequisites for being a highly efficient, all systems firing, functional human being. This is on page 10. Mm -hmm. And... Um, you've talked about optimal and intelligent food sourcing, um, optimum digestion and absorption, optimum hydration levels, optimum sleep, and optimum movement. Mm. So those are all some of the things that we can do. But what I'm curious about is when you talk about being a highly efficient, all c- cylinders firing functional human being, <laughs> what can we expect? Like what is top of the range, all systems firing look and feel like? Um it's sort of, it's making sure your batteries work, you know, most people's batteries don't work or they've run out and we don't have any knowledge of how to recharge them. Um, the problem is with the health and the wellness world is that when your batteries run out, your which is, you know, code for metabolism, um, we tend to go towards the smoothies, the protein shake, the uh, lean, green, mean machine types of foods to give us a boost and to give us a high. Um, and, And I'm not sure that always really, really works. So what we're looking for when you're all cylinders firing is is the ability to, you know, I always say to my clients, there are two vital signs of life. Um, we assume breathing is there anyway, but my vital signs of life are waking up hungry in the morning mm-hmm. and waking up and needing, uh, needing a poo, an elimination. If those two things don't happen, then, there's, then the batteries are slightly sluggish. And so we want to be able to regulate our own body temperature, and yet most of us live, if I'd I used to say if I had a pass for the amount of people who tell, told me they'd done a fast or a cleanse, I now say if I had a pound for the amount of people that tell me their central heating is on all day long, I'd be a very rich person. Keeping our central heating on doesn't allow our thermogenesis to be able to, for us to regulate our body temperature. So we don't, we don't go from one place to another place. We're just constantly a bit sort of soporific in our own houses, not sure whether we're hungry, not sure whether we're cold, not sure what we want, but just have everything that we need. Um, so metabolism, regul- we, by having a fully functional metabolism, you regulate your body temperature, which should be warm in the morning, which should be sort of be 36.5. Um, and then it should rise again on eating. That makes sense, doesn't it? Because food gives us energy. Most people can't convert food to energy, hence the the plethora of symptoms that we collect throughout our lives because we're eating this food. It's like having a handbag full of stuff you do nothing with. You just lug it around all day. Well, food can be a bit like that for some bodies that don't have the ability to absorb and assimilate and digest because they're eating on the run or they have insufficient hydrochloric acid, bile, enzymes, all those things, which sort of brings you to the point, which sort of brings you to this place of IBS, which isn't really a diagnosis in my book. It's, it's sort, sort of a, a irritable bowel syndrome. It's sort of lazy bowel syndrome. Most people don't have the adequate uh, tools, liquids and acids to break the food down. And rather than thinking about how to repair that state of discontent, we eat foods that are harder to digest. So typically when somebody does a detox or goes on a health kick, they eat nuts and seeds and raw veg. Now, if you haven't got any acid, bile or enzymes, you've just set yourself up for a huge amount of failure. Um, I always give the example of trying to neatly bite tender stem broccoli with your teeth it's you just can't do it you'll be there forever pulling it out because it's so fibrous now think about how how that that's the point of the acid the acid and the enzymes work on the food to break it down and the more fibrous and stringy uh the foods are to start with with a in a body that has little of these uh ingredients 
you sort of put yourself between a rock and a hard place. Mm. So, okay, so if you wake up hungry and needing a poo, it's a good sign. Very good sign because you've you've ignited. You're wait, you've awake, you've you've woken up. You know you've been hit by the sunlight. The sunlight stimulates the vitamin D. The cortisol gets moving. You're into your circadian rhythm, and your body knows what it's doing. So you're awake with the sun. You're ready to start the day. You've got stacked loads of energy because your temperature is good, which means your metabolism is good, which means your thyroid is working, which controls satiety. It knows when you're hungry. So you feed yourself food that's going to give you you know, a boost of energy. We need some sugar in the morning. We need some fats and protein. You know, all these diets that have constantly given us, we need a whole load of protein on the plate. Those people end up having less digestive capabilities because they've tanked out their hydrochloric acid through their life. Um, So yeah, you want to wake up in the morning, feel like you want to jump out of bed um, and, and eat food. Be hungry to eat food to feed the body that's just fasted for the whole night, which is the only fast the body needs, the one where you're in bed. Okay. Um, as opposed to, I'm not against fasting. I just don't think most people are adequate, have the adequate physiology to fast. There's no need to it. It takes them away from where they're trying to get. Okay. So would you think, I mean, because a lot of people have incredible results on fasting. A lot of people seem to have incredible results on keto. But let me ask you, if you ask these people who've had incredible results, whatever that means, where they are in a year, in two years, do we know any of that information? Or are we just just like the female who says, oh, I gave up sugar for two weeks and felt amazing, felt absolute clarity in the head, felt really good, didn't drink for two weeks, never felt better. You know, and on day 15, go back to their old self. Mm. So it doesn't work because it's not sustainable. Neither is it manageable. Neither is it doing any good for the body. Everyone can do something for 10 days, for two weeks, maybe even 12 weeks. But if they go back to their old self, then what they've done is just, it's just a fad diet. And keto, unfortunately, is for a lot of people. It's unsustainable. Female hormones are built on carbohydrates, we can't, females are not designed to eat fat and protein for their whole lives, which is why infertility is rife, which is why, you know, um, there are lots of thyroid issues going on in the, fe- in the female world, certainly as females get older. And that's because we've taken out carbohydrates. We think they're the demon. We think fruit's a joke. We think we'll get fat if we eat fruit. But no one waxes lyrical about the Chardonnay they drink and the Doritos they dip into and the cheesy chips. It's all coconut oil and, uh, you know, fruit. I mean, the, the amount people go, go on and on about how fruit is bad for you. So there's a real hypocrisy around what's good and what's not, depending on what they, what's vogue really at the moment. So, yeah, I think that, you know, your metabolism underpins everything. If you think about your metabolism, Food creates energy. So you've got a whole load of energy first thing in the morning. Then you eat your food and your food makes you, even be- makes you feel even better. If your food tanks you out and you dip into a food coma, then there's, that's something, something's happened there. So either the food hasn't worked or you've eaten too much or you've eaten too fast. But if your food tanks you out, something's gone wrong. Okay, that's good. So you need to keep understanding that food is designed to make you have more energy. And the more work you do, the more food you need to put in. If you're someone that doesn't really do much work in terms of physical movement and energy or brain power, Mm -hmm. then you need to eat less food to give you the same energetic results. A lot of us overeat. So if you're looking for weight loss, you need to have a look at your activity level definitely against what you're doing um at what against what you're eating sorry and then if you think about so you've got metabolism you've got energy and that drives the digestive system we know how long the digestive system is don't we you know it's meters meters of this terrain of acids of alkalines of of of, it's like a jacuzzi in the stomach spurting in acids breaking things down and we need energy to move it along through the esophagus into the stomach, out of the st- stomach. I mean, it's got a tough job in the stomach. It's got sort of like a one millimeter 
exit to get out of. So you've got to break all this food down into chyme, get it through into the duodenum, you know, a huge long journey through the duodenum if fermentation isn't there, if SIBO isn't there, into the large intestine where you've got to pump it uphill, across and down before it comes out. Now, if you've run out of energy, how are you going to pump that matter uphill, across and out? Which leads us to not having enough energy to run your digestive system, which is, which is really at the heart of these motility issues, uh, the heart of constipation, which brings us to stress. The more stressed a person is, the more times you will see constipation in that person and a low thyroid. Okay, why is that? Because the digestive, because it, it's all based on energy. All these conversions happen in the body. And so stress this, uses more energy? And stress mus uses more energy. Okay. So you can run on your stress hormones or your sex hormones. And once you've sort of burn out, burnt out your progesterone and pregnenolone, you, you start using all your cortisol. And the cortisol is... You know, as we know, it's that you know, and our adrenaline, our sort of fight and flight hormones, and we want to. Once we've, you know, once a person gets so stressed out, that's all they're running on. Okay. They're constantly in this sympathetic drive, this catabolic place, which becomes hard to get out of, because there's there's there, there's no time for rest and repair. Okay, so there were a lot of words. I mean, I, again, I've heard a lot of the terms. I know progesterone and I know all these things, but hearing it all together, it's a it's sort of a lot to digest. So mm. if I if I go back to wake up in the mornings, ideally you're going to be hungry, you're going to need a poo. In terms of energy, if you wake up and you feel sleepy, is that mm. normal or is that an indication that actually something's not 100% right? Yeah, I think it's an indication that you've, you know, you haven't slept well or there's other stuff going on and not everyone okay. wakes up in the morning and jumps out of bed that's for sure okay so when um, I say about it's how good is it possible to feel um if we're measuring it on because this is one of the things that people say on juice fasts and ketos oh I wake up in the morning and I just jumped out of bed I was just you know so full of energy so what I'm curious about is when you talked about a fully functioning all cylinders firing functional human being do they jump out of bed every day well, that it's yeah. perfectly normal not to. I think I think if you've you've got everything down, if everything works, there's no reason not to wake up and feel great in the morning. It's okay. just it's just the norm not to. Okay, so those would be three indicating factors that something, even if you do not have symptoms yet, that something needs realigning. Yeah. If you don't wake up hungry, you don't need to poo, and you wake up and you feel tired. Those are yeah, things that, that, to pay they attention would, that to. Would. That would indicate that there is a stress in somewhere in the body that definitely needs addressing. Okay. Because if you think about it, if we go back to the idea that you need energy to drive the digestive system, you also need energy to wake up. So when people say, oh, I'm such a good sleeper, I can sleep for 10 hours or 12, um, I say, well, you know, you, absolutely, you must be knackered. You must be knackered if you're sleeping for half the day and can't wake up. And it's a sort of a shock, you know, it's a shock to say, oh, God, I'm missing half my life, which is another true statement if you're sleeping for 12 hours a day. So it's all about this energy conversion. We've got to convert energy to be able to be firing on cylinders. It, it's not the food that is causing the problem. It's the system it goes into. Okay. And the All digestive right. system is like this conveyor belt. And once it stops, lots of problems happen with it. Okay. So you need energy to drive it. That makes sense. So another thing you said that was really, really helpful was the if you have less energy after you eat, that's an indication either that, that something's gone wrong with either the eating process or the food. Yeah, absolutely. So... You know, you can either eat too many carbohydrates or you can eat too much fat and protein, depending on which way you're, which way you're, you're designed, how you take in food for energy, okay. which macronutrient you're better designed to. But yeah, if you're, you know, if you're sort of having this uh, food coma at the end of every meal, then you're, you're, you could be eating way too quickly. A lot of people don't chew their food, which is 
you know, the first point of digestion, mastication, chewing. That's why we have teeth. We need to chew the food to break it down so that the rest of the, the body can absorb it. Um, but often, you know, we've all eaten too fast. You get indigestion. Well, imagine doing that every mouthful. Mm. Um, suddenly you've, you've created, you've tanked out uh, your body's ability to use the food as energy because it's, it, it, it gets tired very, very quickly. So if you're going into uh, a food coma, because you, more likely it's because you don't have the appropriate um, enzymes to break the food down. You've eaten too fast, you've eaten too much, or all three. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, so, yeah, you want to be able to, you know, little and often it works for some people, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, but you can play around with your macronutrients, so protein, fat, and carbohydrates. Are you eating too much protein at any one meal? It's the hardest thing for the body to break down. If you've got acid reflux, then there, then you know you're, you've got a low state of hydrochloric acid in the stomach, and you want to eat. You want to be eating as a as a part of a protocol foods that are much more easily absorbable. Um, so you don't tank out any more of that acid. You want to start building the acid. And sometimes too high a protein purine foods can create stress okay. on the stomach. Okay. So it's all about bit, bit about finding your, you know, your metabolic blueprint, really, you know, your your digestive blueprint of what works for you. And that comes into, you know, the looking at the emotional body, the nutritional body, the mental body, really getting in touch with what you're eating, why you're eating, how it's working, what it's doing. And that's why when symptoms crop up, we go, oh, God, I've suddenly got this. Mm. Well, it's probably been brewing for five or longer years. We've just ignored it. Okay. So, okay, so somebody's listening to this. There's been a lot of information. I'm going to have to watch it back and, and try and take <laughs> it all in. Um, but let's say you have somebody who has listened to this and is going, I'm sort of midway, you know, um, sometimes I wake up with energy, sometimes I don't, sometimes I wake up and have a poo, sometimes I don't, sometimes I wake up hungry, sometimes I don't. What would you say to them, like, where do they need to start? What do they need to consider as their first port of call so that they can start figuring out how to feel their best? I'd ask them what they're not being consistent with. You know, if you've got a fully functional digestive system, a fully functional gut, then you pretty much do wake up every day and have a poo unless you've just jumped on a plane and then your circadian rhythms and your biological rhythms have changed and that's created stress. So that's understandable. But if some mornings you wake up and you feel good, why didn't you feel, why, why, what happened the night before for the mornings not to feel good? Are you drinking alcohol? Are you trying to kick it? And the days that you get a jammed up digestive system and a moody head, the days you drink alcohol or overeat, what are the offshoots of the, what are the consequences of your inconsistency? Most of these things is all about consistency. And if people, you know, it's sort of a tough line, but if you want to see results, you've got to be consistent. The body's really good at buffering things. It's, it's designed not to let you die, you know. <laughs> it's designed to, to try. It's, it's like, you know, it's, but your body's a bit like a dog. You know, it just wants the best of you. It's your best friend. It's really striving to support you in all areas. But if you're not consistent, then you'll just keep seeing diff- different, like you say, sometimes good, sometimes bad. So I'd ask people to get a bit honest with themselves and say, what, what do I need to improve on? Okay, that makes sense. And then, okay, let's take it further back. Let's say somebody's listening to this and they're going, do you know what? I have no energy. I don't mean any of those things when I wake up in the morning. I wake up shattered. I don't have a poo. I'm not hungry until like two in the afternoon. Um, where do they begin? Because when we first spoke, you were talking about, I mean, in our previous conversation, mm. you were talking about like there's no, there's no one food, there's no list of 10 foods. Like that's not the answer. So where would somebody begin if they're right at the start of their journey and it's all just confusing and overwhelming? I, th- I think there definitely are foods that do help for sure. I just don't think there's uh, a list of foods for gut health, you know, okay. like 
the prune juice and the, all those kind of things. I'm not a fan of saying these foods are for this. Um, it's all very individualized, but typically I would see someone who, yes, as you said, feels a bit sluggish, wants to lose a bit of weight, probably got constipation, probably got a low body temperature. And I would look at their diet and, and get them eating breakfast or a bite creating energy in the morning you don't have to sit down and have two sausages bacon and eggs and whatever you you have you just need to get some nutrients into your body and that could look like um you know a glass of orange juice a bowl of yogurt and some fruit one egg um a bit of banana it doesn't need to be a huge amount of food if you're not a breakfast person but if you haven't got any energy what you do need to do is feed your body are you drinking enough water throughout the day um and then having a look at the foods that are creating stress which unfortunately and i'm a huge fan of these foods but unfortunately, when you have digestive stress, you've got to really tip, give them a back seat, which are the green vegetables because they're very fibrous. They can be quite high in toxins because they live outside of, of the ground um, and they're hard to break down. So if you are going to eat them, steam them. But when I see people with digestive complaints, I take away raw food immediately. And it creates a much better uh, digestive um, stability in the body. Wow. Okay. Well, <laughs> so you've kind of blown my mind because that's the opposite of everything that I have been, have sort of been ramming down my own throat for many years now. Um, mm. You know, don't drink juice because it's just too much sugar pumping your system, insulin spikes, blah, blah, blah. Like, We've been taught so much sugar is the devil. I, I, I make fresh vegetable juices every day. I've stopped putting fruit in them. So mm. what you're saying about, you know, fruit isn't the devil. How, how has that happened? I think basically when people blame sugar for everything that you can ever imagine, they um, just tarred all sugar with the same brush. So, you know, sugar is sugar is sugar, sure, but there are chemicals to the refined sugars, you know. Um, fruit's got 101 different nutrients in it. It's got our vitamin C. You know, we needed vitamin C back in the day before supplements came along. No one had a problem then, did they? It's only as we've sort of introduced all these fortified foods and supplementation that we've taken away from the natural world because an orange costs 50p and a bottle of vitamin C supplements is 8.99. Um, and, and sugar in its fructose form is a wonderful way to stop sugar cravings. I mean, you know, people don't, like I say, the amount of people who say they eat chocolate and tell me they eat dairy milk and Nestle and all that rubbish. Like you don't eat, you don't eat chocolate at all. You don't even crave the stuff. You're eating a complete chemical shitstorm of, of, of bad stuff to put in your body and saying that you crave chocolate. Chocolate in its greatest form are companies like Bare Bones Chocolate, um, Bouja Bouja, where it's raw cacao and and coconut raw cane or cane sugar. Um, these are these are the products that we want in our bodies for sugar. The, the, the brain runs on glucose. So does the, the the body. We need a huge amount of it. And the people who you know, wax lyrical about how they've given up sugar for two years. Well, I certainly wouldn't want to live with them because <laughs> you know, the moment you start eliminating things from your life, you start becoming, you know, neurotic and fastidious. I'm quite happy for people to have their own ways of eating. I have absolutely no need to change anyone's mind on how they eat. But the moment it becomes very linear and very sort of this sort of angry opinion, then we've got something wrong. We're not being rounded, are we? We're not having, we're not feeding our brains and our emotional brain to be able to have decent and open and honest communication. Yeah. We're suddenly becoming, no, it's my way or the highway. 
And that's not, that's a stressed place. That's a catabolically stressed, sympathetic place to be living in. And this happens when we start eliminating things out of life. Mm -hmm. So I'm saying all we actually need to start eliminating are the kale smoothies because they, the kale smoothies are the guys that got us to this place in the first place. I mean, no one, no one likes the stuff anyway, but we just got to get a bit more honest. You know, there's nothing wrong with fruit. It's, it's got, you know, pineapple, papaya, full of digestive enzymes. It's where digestive enzymes start from. Bromelain and papain, they're designed to break down meats. It's why you get gammon and pineapple together. The meat's hard, the pineapple provides the enzymes to break it down. So, sure, stop the Cadbury's and the Nestle, the Doritos and the Oreos. Don't give fruit a hard time. Okay. So, okay, if I... I think it's because, like, what you've helped me kind of map out in my mind, and I hope the minds of anyone listening as well, is mm. the food isn't the issue. What the food does to you, the result it has, is the thing you should be paying attention to. If it gives you energy in a way that sustains your energy rather than you spike and then you drop, then it's likely that you're doing the right thing and your body's handling it well. You're doing mm -hmm. the right thing for you because it's different for different people. Mm -hmm. um, so it, the orange juices and the yogurt with the fruit and those kinds of things are not the issue. But if you feel that you need to drink the whole bottle of orange juice, then probably something's not quite right. If you need the, I don't know, you need to keep eating five pieces of fruit, then that's yeah, potentially something too. Yeah, it's the, Am I missing the point? No, not at all. It's the overconsumption is definitely an issue. It's like people who drink the same as people who drink five litres of water. You know, people drink five litres of water and complain of being bloated. I say, well, why don't you drop to two and see what happens? Mm. You know, and, and oh, gosh, rocket science, they're not bloated. So we can overconsume anything. Mm. And that's the emotional body. There's, okay. there's the link with the, the emotional body and the, the nutritional body with the gut. Something's not sitting right. It doesn't matter what people pick. Some people pick porn. Some people pick exercise. Some people pick drugs, shopping, stealing. It doesn't matter what the overconsumption or need or addiction is. It's, it's that the pathway in the body has been created to fulfill something that isn't there, that they are not happy with in their lives. Okay. And that can be health. I mean, there's a lot of health addicts out there. Just have a flick through Instagram and you'll find them all. They're all not, you know, it's this elimination, it's this fasting, it's this way, it's that way. What we need to be doing is exactly what you just said, asking ourselves whether something works for us. Does, did I enjoy that breakfast that I just ate? Or suddenly did I find myself having a runny poo, getting a bit angry, feeling hungry immediately, uh, craving something? If any of these signs and symptoms come up, then yeah, something didn't work. And that is your job to sort of start to understand how your bodies work. The moment we just use food as fodder and eat it blindly without sitting down, without being grateful, without absorbing, digesting, chewing, creating this cephalic response, then we become, you know, we start creating this self-fulfilling prophecy that we get ill because we are not taking the time to look after our bodies or see how what we are doing, whether what we are doing is working for us. Mm -hmm. So symptoms are at the end of the health paradigm. They are the symptoms are closer to disease than symptoms are closer, closer to a state of health. They have taken time to, to, to breed. It's like an ice, if you think about an iceberg, you, know, you see the water level, you see an iceberg sticking out of the top, don't you? But what's bigger, the bit out of the top of the water or the iceberg underneath the surface of the water. The growth takes a huge amount of time to rear up before we get to see it, feel it, understand it, or do something about it. And that's, 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 that's all I'm trying to do, is, is to sort of get honest about how you feel, what, what works and what doesn't work. You know, I always say to my clients when they give me their food diaries and we look at what, what they're doing, I ask them what they want and then... I say, shall we just agree that all of this isn't working for you at this moment in time? And, you know, it doesn't go down well all the time, but if, you've, if, if I've got it right, it does. 
And then that's sort of quite a relaxing place to be because through hook or crook, what you've done isn't working. It doesn't mean it's bad. It just means it's not working for you to get where you want. So now we get to change it. We know that that formula doesn't work. Let's start piecing a formula together that does work. And it's really that simple. Um, But it starts from creating energy. Without energy, you have nothing. You don't have systems that work. You have systems that get blocked, that get sluggish, and then you get your mind gets slow and sluggish and angry and frustrated. And that's when we get into all the emotions of the body and the digestive system as well. Okay, amazing. That really has helped so much. So in terms of, I know I've sort of asked you this, but just Mm. to leave people with something really practical Mm -hmm. and something that regardless of where they are on their journey, that you would say, just do this or pay attention to that. Where would you direct people as a really practical thing they can do that allows them to take charge early before they wait for symptoms to manifest and therefore begin the road to feeling their best? Um, I, I mean, the biggest one for me is, is making sure that you have a bowel movement every day because okay. that's, that's toxicity. We have to eliminate I think that's the most important thing to concentrate on okay. that your bowel, that your body is eliminating. Um, I think water is is essential. Are you having enough water? It can be in your tea, it can be in your juice, it can be in your it all adds up. Um, I think the body needs to sweat. So whether that's from a walk, a power walk or lifting weights, you've got to sweat your body. That's what it's designed to do. Daily. Yeah, I'd say in some way. Yeah, you've got to use, you've got to use, you're, 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 they, we reckon that you should be able to lift two thirds of your body. So if you're 60 kilos, you should be able to lift 40 kilos. Um, and most people can't do that. Mm-hmm. So that's really important to, to you to know the strength. Can you do a press up, for, for example, you know? Can you take your own body weight? Um, and I and I when it comes to food, you know, it's just here are my things for food. If you've got a, if you've got digestive issues, it's got to be organic. I don't, you know, I'm not arguing organic. It's got to be organic, organic, seasonal, and fresh, and cook with your own hands. That's that simple. Okay. Buy locally. Be loyal. Stay local. Get educated on where food comes from. What soils are good. Because if we don't, we will not have choice. And, you know, the top layer of soil is like our digestive system. We've got to start respecting the soil and where the food comes from because then we respect our own bodies. If it can live on a shelf for two years, if it's been heated, treated, coloured, injected, packaged and flown thousands of miles around the world then our bodies, our little organic uh, self-healing bodies are going to have a problem digesting that. So keep it organic, keep it seasonal, keep it fresh, keep it colourful and use your own hands. You do not need to know how to cook to cook. Um, And by doing that, you get me time back. You get some some downtime, some creativity. Um, So those would be my tips. Okay. Wonderful. Thank you so much. I wanted to ask you, um, I know we are pretty much out of time. One of the things I find really fascinating you talk about on Instagram, so if you have time to share with us here, is Mm. you talked about bowel movements, but Mm. you've talked about how different bowel movements, so not all bowel movements are created equal. Um, (laughs) Could you share with us just very briefly what to look for? And we'll finish on that. (laughs) We'll finish on bowel movements. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so, <laughs> so it sort of wants to look, you know, like a good solid six inches um, daily, if not, you know, three times a day, um, where it, it, it's good consistency um, and the same, it happens the same time roughly every day, food in, food out. Um, 
if it's sloppy and it's watery, then we're looking at malabsorption issues. If it's sort of quite toxic and smelly, then there you go, toxicity. Is there a dysbiosis? What's going on in the gut that your body doesn't want that's trying to excrete? If it's hard and heavy, there's constipation. Is there enough water, enough fibre? But, you know, it comes down to a lot of stress, that as well. Um, and if it does, if they float, that's a, that can be a bile acid issue, a fat malabsorption issue. So are you eating too much fat or are you, uh, do, you, do you not have enough lipase to break down the fat? Um, and if it's, yeah, quite heavy, then it could often be too much protein and certainly protein powder and protein bars in the body as well. Probably important to say that the red flags of the bowel are black stool um, and red in the stool. Those are two things you don't want to see and certainly seek advice if you are seeing them on a regular basis. Okay. Great. Thank you very much. Now on the um, show notes page, I will include links to your website. Um, I know you work one-to-one. You also have group programs where people can work with you to kind of really get into how do I do this for myself? Um, You work with people one-to-one so they can find all of that on your website and they can follow Mm -hmm. you on Instagram. Is there anywhere else where people can find you that would be good for them to learn about some of the things that you do? I guess the most information is really on my Instagram and website, the videos, there's YouTube as well, but Mostly everything that goes via the website and Instagram in terms of videos and information. Okay, great. Well, all of those will be available for anyone listening on the show notes page. Um, But yeah, amazing. Thank you, Hannah, so, so much. It was really just so interesting talking to you. And you've freed me from a lot of things that I thought I had to be very afraid of. So that's great. Absolutely not. Yeah. Eat, go forth and eat fruit. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Hannah. Pleasure. Thank you for having me. Well, there you go. Go forth and eat fruit. Who knew, huh? This conversation has given me so much to think about, and I hope it's given you a lot to think about as well. Of course, it's very important to say that the advice that Hannah was sharing here is in relation to people who have gut issues, where something in the gut is not working as it's meant to, and they are not able to digest food the way it's supposed to be digested. So when she's talking about eating too much green veg... That's specific to people whose bodies are not properly digesting such difficult to digest foods. And really that's one of the keys that I took from this conversation was that we are all unique and our digestive systems are unique and each one of us has to pay attention to our body and what it's telling us. We have to pay attention to those signs of energy, bowel movements, hunger, and we have to pay attention to them throughout the day. We have to pay attention to our four bodies so we don't just think about what food we're putting in. We think about how we feel about what we eat. We think about the context in which we eat. How grateful are we for the lives that we've built and the people who surround us while we eat the food? And do we take a moment to actually chew it and pay attention to it and allow it to digest from the moment it enters our mouths? These are all things that affect gut health and gut health affects everything else. If you would like to contact Hannah and get further one-to-one help or join one of her amazing group programs, you can do that at thegutclinic.net and you can also find her on Instagram. Her handle is thegutclinic. And as always, you can leave a comment or ask a question about this episode on the show notes page, which you'll find at bighappylife.co.uk. If you've enjoyed this episode, it would be wonderful and greatly appreciated if you would leave a review. And if you know someone who would benefit from hearing this episode, then please do share it, perhaps even add a personal note. The more we all learn and the more we share, the more we grow together. For now, though, thanks for listening. Mm